you know, if I'd have jumped out of the truck and went after that guy, I wouldn't have been acting too God, I know, would it? But we obeyed God that day. It, it all just went right together, you know. So, um, six months ago, the Lord laid on my heart to start a Bible study here on Friday nights. We struggled a little bit with it, but it's finally here. Uh, probably, it may not be every Friday night, but I feel like we're going to get a blessing from being here tonight. Okay? Um, Jess, you want to you open us up first? Dear Lord, we thank for the privilege to be here tonight, Lord, and to be in Bible study with <clears throat> your flock, Lord, and we pray that you just reach down and touch and bless Scotty as he brings the word and let it apply to each one of our lives. Let us realize where it needs to go in our lives, Lord, and use it for the building of your kingdom and for getting us on the, the way that we need to go, Lord, and pray that you just bless each one that's here, be with those that couldn't be here for whatever reason, Lord, and we pray that you'd just continue to bless the church and well, we're enjoying watching it grow, and we pray that it would continue to do so. For all these things we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Uh, a little bit of background on Philippians. It's basically a letter that Paul had wrote to the Philippian church, telling the people how to live, how we're supposed to live. Okay? And there's some key verses in here that we're going to hit and talk about, um, but we'll just start in chapter 1, verse 1 right now, <clears throat> and verse 1 says, Paul, and I don't know how to pronounce some of these words, how you pronounce that, Jess? Timotheus. Timotheus, the servants of Jesus Christ to all the saints in Christ Jesus, which are at Philippia, with the bishops and the deacons. Grace be unto you, and peace from God our Father, and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Who's had grace today? I should have seen everybody's hand. Yeah, all right. Okay. Says God not give each one of us in here grace? Okay. I look at it. All of us has been on the road today, right? He give us grace. Okay. Because you're very close to death every time you pass it with you. Very close, okay? Verse 3 says, I thank my God upon every remembrance of you. Okay? Always in every prayer of mine for you all making requests with joy. We all pray, right? Not what as does, much as we should. Just not as much as we should. But what... When we pray and we truly give it to God, what does He give you? Peace. Peace. Gives you joy, right? Mm -hmm. So, why shouldn't you give it to God? Who don't want to be happy? Who don't want to be at peace, right? Kind of this message is, this is probably a lot for me. This is probably why God sent me here. Verse 6 says, Being confident of this very thing, that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. 
Now I touched on that verse a little bit Monday night. Who put the good work in us? God. Was it anything to do with us? No. What happens when we put self and we take God out of it? What happens? It boom, it just goes haywire, right? Okay, so every good thing that goes, that comes out of my life, I give it to God. Because He's the one that done it. God didn't have nothing to do with it. I just think about the day of the wreck, Willie. You looked at me in a stern voice, because I was hard headed, and I said, You just kept on. Are you going to go get checked? Are you going to go get checked? And what I kept saying, <coughs> I'm okay. Uh -huh. Until I about collapsed in the front of my truck. Mm -hmm. And Willie looked at me in a stern voice and said, you've got two options. Option one, I help you walk to the ambulance. Or option two, I pick you up and take you to the ambulance. <laughs> now, why did you do that, Willie? Because he loved me. Okay? Would you love me without God? Probably not. No. You'd probably look at me and tell me you love me, but would you truly love me? <laughs> yeah. Think about it. How many people out here in the world does this wrong? Now, before you were saved, I, I, you'd say, I love you, but would you truly love them? You did. All right, Victor, you just got saved, right? Yeah. Okay. Before you got saved, if somebody done you wrong, did you truly love? No. no. But when God come into your life, it opened your eyes on a whole new horizon, right? He's showing you what love is. Okay? But without Him, there would be no good. Right? Okay. And I wrote down a little footnote here. Verse 6 is pretty much talking about the good work that comes out of our life. Who do we give it to? We give it to God. Mm -hmm. Because anything good, and just, if something good, if somebody comes up to you and suggests that's a great message, who gave you that message to start with? God. God did. Now, if you would have sat down and just tried to bring it yourself, would you have got any compliments? No, because Jess done it. Mm -hmm. It's like this message. If I sat down, I studied for an hour and, what was it, an hour and 45 minutes, honey? That's the longest I had ever studied and gotten God's Word. Most time, 30, 45 minutes, and I'm fighting to sleep, fighting to sleep. Why? Because I was letting self get in the way. Something I was guilty of for quite a while, Caleb. I was, letting, I was letting self get in the way. I was saying, well, I'm tired. I'm going to go to bed. Okay? Yeah. But when I let God lead me, and I let God take over my body, good things. Good things happen. Okay? Let's go on to verse 7. It says, even as it is meant for me to thank this of you all, because I have you in my heart. Who's he talking about here? All of us. All of us, Right? He was writing this letter for all of us. He was praying for all of us. Okay? 
What would it have been if Paul hadn't wrote this letter or Paul hadn't prayed for us? We wouldn't have the book of Philippians. Would, would we be here? Would we know about Jesus? Not this much. Think about it. Okay? In as much as both in my bonds and in the defense and confirmation of the gospel, ye all are partakers of what? My grace. Of grace. <clears throat> Caleb, when, when Jesus saved you, was that not a confirmation? What, what was the confirmation? Peace. Peace. You, the confirmation was you didn't have to spend eternity in hell. Yep. That was the confirmation. And then along with it come benefits. Right? Yeah. Good benefits. If we're just trusting and have all of our put all of our faith in. Okay? Verse 8, for God is my record. How greatly I long after you, all in the bowels of Jesus Christ. Think about that. Read it again. For God is my record. Who's keeping record of our life right now? God is. Okay, is God not seeing everything that we do, everything that we say, everything that we think? He's keeping record of it. Is he not? And when I go stand before him one day, I'm going to be accountable for that. Okay? Verse 9. And this I pray, that your love many abound yet more and more. Willie, before you got saved, you loved a few, right? But since you got saved, what's happened? Your love has grown. Okay? God showed you what true love really is. And it says right there, And this I pray, that your love many abound, upon, yet more and more. In knowledge and in all judgment. Who, who's the judge? Caleb, are you the judge? No. Who's to judge somebody? No. Nobody. And a lot of people say, well, a Christian judges people. No. no a Christian just right wants to wrong. tell you what you're missing out on. Yeah. Okay? And we're not trying to judge them. We're just trying to we want them to see the light. Okay? Jump down to... 21. Verse 21. For to me to live is Christ. And to die is gain. Now, y'all have heard Papa preach this many times. When you went to the altar... When you went to the altar that morning and you bowed down and you give your heart to Jesus, what happened to the old you? It died out, right? And you had, when it died out, 
You gained everything, right? Everything. Everything that God promised, you gained it. I gained it. Caleb, you gained it. But we had to get self out of the way first. Okay? You had to take that first step. And after you took that first step, the second one followed, right? And then the third one followed, the fourth one followed, and the next thing you know, you was jumping up saying hallelujah, right? Okay? Go to uh, chapter 2. We'll start in verse 1. If there be therefore any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of spirit, if any bowels and mercy, fulfill ye my joy. Whose joy are we trying to fulfill? His joy, right? We're trying to spread his love. We're trying to get out here and, and, and help lead the lost to him. Okay? For feel ye my joy that ye be like-minded. What are we doing here tonight? Being like-minded. We're being like-minded. We're coming in one mind and one accord. We love you. Love you. Give your mama a hug for you. Jess, I'll use your example because you work in construction. Okay? And Caleb, I know you'll relate to this. When you're out on a job site and you say it's a new house, you got all these construction workers working on this house. It's hard to be in one mind and one accord, right? Mm-hmm. It, we struggle throughout the day, okay? I look forward to our Monday night services. I look forward to our Wednesday night services. I look forward to Sunday because I get my mind back where it needs to be because I feel like by the end of the day, I'm drugged down. No matter how strong I stand, I feel like I'm drugged down. You work in construction too, right? I have, yeah. I mean, yeah. so you relate, okay? So when you're out working amongst these people, and they're talking about these, and, and this goes right along with what Billy was preaching on Sunday, you walk up into a conversation, and you hear one word, and you're like, uh-oh, I shouldn't be here. It's time to go over here. Well, then you get in this crowd of people, and you hear a couple of words, and you're like, Maybe I shouldn't be here either. So then you come over here. Well, the next thing you know, you're standing by yourself. You think you're standing by yourself. Because that's what it feels like. You feel like you're out of place. But in reality, what are you doing? You're taking a stand. And what does God's Word say that will happen when you take a stand? Many will follow. If you only stand for me, many will follow. Okay? I know. I deal with it every day at work. I've got a, a bunch of guys at work claim to be a Christian. They say they go to church. I don't know. I hope they do. 
Okay, even the guy that I work most of the time shoulder to shoulder with says he goes to church right over here in Logan. But the fruits that he's bearing, some of the words that comes out of his mouth, if he's going to church, he's not getting the right food. He's not going for the right reason. Okay? I used to be that person. I'm sure everybody in here used to be that person. You'd come to church because it was a routine. Well, let me go see what Sally over here is going to wear to church this morning. Okay? Or let me go see what gossip's going on at the church today. Was that the right reason to be coming to church? No. What are we, what are we supposed to be coming to church for? God. God. Yeah. We're coming to get fed. Of his word. Okay? So, when you're out and about, even going to Walmart, okay? This is Walmart as an example because everybody goes to Walmart. You're walking up and down the aisles. What do you hear? Nothing good. Nothing good. You hardly ever hear somebody talking about Jesus Christ. Very seldom will you hear somebody talking about going to church or what God has done for them today. You very seldom hear it. We want to know what's wrong with this country. Billy, he hit the nail right on the head Sunday night. We are what's wrong with this country because we are not taking a stand. Instead of getting out of our comfort zone and standing for God, we would rather put ourselves back in this crowd over here and say, well, God will forgive me for it. Think about it. I've been there. Okay? I'm, I'm telling y'all the same thing God told me when I went studying this right here. I was one of these that was standing over here among these people because I felt uncomfortable standing there by myself. And it almost got me to the point Billy was talking about over there. I was sitting down in the chair and crossing my legs and saying, well, somebody else can do it. Until Friday night when that one right yonder stood up and announced his calling to preach and the Lord spoke to me too and said, if you don't start doing my work, And then I got up Saturday morning and looked at myself dead in the mirror and my lips right here didn't move but the lips in my mirror looking back at me called me a thief. And I said, a thief? What in the world? <coughs> he asked me a question. He said, how many blessings have, I, have you knocked yourself out of? Because you ain't been doing my work. Because you decided to come over here and sit down in a chair and do nothing. How many blessings have you knocked your family out on? How many blessings have you knocked out of your church? Because I was doing nothing. That hit me hard. That was a hard pill to swallow. Because there was nobody to blame but me. Nobody to blame but myself. Okay? 
And I'm not looking for a pat on the back. If somebody pats me on the back, it's going to be God patting me on the back saying, you've done a good job, son. Okay? What did I get to? Verse 3. Let nothing be done through strife or vainglory. But in the loneliness of mind, let each esteem other better than themselves. Are we any better than the lost walking around here? Should we put ourselves up on a pedestal? Who should we put up on a pedestal? God. He's number one. I'm not number one. I'm way down on a totem pole. Okay? But when we put self up on a pedestal, what happens? All of a sudden, the pedestal will collapse. Scotty done this. Scotty done this. Scotty done this. Scotty done this. Well, next thing you know, I'm flat on my back. Looking up. Thinking, man. I was up here at one time. What happened? Now I'm way down here. And we serve such a loving God, even though I was putting myself way up here, and he decided, okay, I'm going to put you on your back so you can't do nothing but look up. I served such a loving God. What did he do when I was laying on my back? And I looked at and I cried out and said, God, I'm sorry. What did he do? He reached down. And pick me right back up. That's the God we serve. Okay? He knows that this flesh is going to be sinful. Some of us more hard-headed than others. Me being one of them. My wife can tell you. My mother-in-law can tell you. Willie can tell you. Most of all y'all in here can tell me. Tell each other. I am hard-headed. Very but the one person that can take care of it is God. No matter how, we're no better than anybody else walking on the face of the earth. Willie, I'm no better than you, brother. And I know you're going to say you're no better than me. Okay? Papa said it a bunch standing up right behind that pulpit. He is no better than anybody sitting on the pews of that church. He is just a mouthpiece for God. That's what I'm here for. I'm to be a mouthpiece for God. Okay? And this is what Paul was doing. He was being a mouthpiece for God when he wrote this letter trying to tell us what could better our life and make our life a whole lot easier. Caleb, you announced your calling to preach Friday night. Has your week not been a whole lot better this week than it was the week before. Yeah. Why was that? I just quit running. You quit running. You finally started letting God lead you. And he's took care of all your problems that you was facing throughout the week. Easy. Easy. We sit back sometimes and we seem to complicate things because... We think about it too much. We complicate it. When 
What should we really do? Give it up. Give it to God. Let Him have it. Because in the end, really, He's going to take care of it anyway. Right? Because eventually, you're going to give it to Him anyway. Because you've come to a point in your life that you're like, I can't deal with this no more. So why not go ahead and give it to Him to start with? Make it easy on yourself. Me included. Okay? Verse 4. Look not every man of his own things, but every man also on things of others. I'm up here tonight teaching in a t-shirt. Okay? Some people, and I'll say this, I may not should, but I'll say this. Some Christians would say, you don't need to be standing. Are they true Christians? If they're judging me for what I'm wearing? I don't know. That's between them and God. I think about it when I read this right here. I think of somebody homeless. Walking up and down the street. Before I was saved, I was judging that person for the clothes that they had on their back. I was judging them for how they was living. I was judging them for the things that they had. But when I got saved, I realized that I was no better than them. That I could be in the same shape. And before me and Courtney met, I was well on my way. Well on my way. So, don't judge somebody for what they have. That, that could be an angel that God sent here just to see how you're going to react. Okay? You don't know. I mean, you just don't know. God could be testing you to see how you're going to react towards that person. Are you going to show them love? Or are you going to just give them the cold shoulder and say, no, just go on, leave me alone. What are we supposed to do? Show them love. Show them love. It don't matter if they're living under a bridge. It don't matter if they're living on a sidewalk or sleeping on a bench. It don't matter. They're no, they're no less than what we are. God, God give them life, right? They just might need a helping hand. And if we have God in our heart and we're walking in God's will, what are we supposed to do? What does what does God do to us when we're down? He picks us back up, right? It's simple. Just sometimes we overthink it. Sometimes we have to sit and break it down. And really think about it. What did Jesus do for us? 
So what makes us any better than somebody living under a bridge? It don't. Okay? Verse 5. Let this mind be in you, which was also in who? Read that again. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Who are we supposed to be thinking like? Who are we supposed to be acting like? Jesus, if you're down, am I supposed to walk up to you and kick you some more? What am I supposed to do? Am I not supposed to lift my hand out to you and say, hey, you need some help? Mm -hmm. How many of us these days does that? I'm talking to myself here, okay? I'm not pointing any fingers. But be honest with yourself. How many of us this, these days does that? We see somebody down, instead of reaching our hand out and saying, hey, you need some help, we just give them the old kick. One more ain't going to hurt you. Here you go. Stay down there. What are we supposed to be doing? We're supposed to be thinking like Jesus, right? Mm -hmm. What I'm saying is, what would Jesus do? How would Jesus think? Or we, well, somebody else will help them. Yeah, somebody, somebody else will help them. You could be knocking yourself out of a blessing. And whoever finally comes by and lifts their hand down and picks them up, well, guess what? They're going to get a double portion. They're going to get yours and theirs. Because you just passed that person by. Because you didn't think like Jesus. Right? Mm -hmm. Alright, flip over to chapter 3. Jump down to verse 7. It says, But what things were gained to me, those I counted a loss for Christ. This I'm going to ask you a question. What gains have you had in your life since Jesus saved you? A lot. Too many to count, right? Mm-hmm. Would you have not lost all of them if you wouldn't have listened? Absolutely. I mean, I would have. I look at my wife, I look at my two kids, my home, I look at me. I mean, I was going down a road of destruction, buddy. I was on a one-way ticket straight to hell. And he sent her put her in my life and it took her because she's just as hard-headed as I am to stand in the way she was the roadblock that God sent and I always I always say and I'll say the day I die she was the angel sent to me because God knew she was hard-headed enough not to give up on me 
and I thank God every day for it. And I look back almost 16 years now. I look back at what I've gained in 16 years. I was living, Victor, I was living out of a little bitty suitcase. I had enough clothes probably for what, three or four days? That's what I was living out of. That's all I had to my name. I didn't even have a vehicle. I'm going to tell you who my God is. He took me from a little bitty suitcase to a whole closet full of clothes, whole dresser full of clothes, a pretty nice house to put my clothes in, a wife I couldn't ask for no better, two beautiful kids, vehicles to drive, health, that's just to name a few, okay? That's to name a few of where he brought me from. That's the God I serve. But I look back. If I hadn't given my life to Christ, what would I have lost? Everything. Everything. Would I be standing here today? No. Would I know what true love was? No. I told her I loved her before we before I got saved. I didn't know what love was. I really didn't. But now when I tell her I love her, she knows I love her. Because I've gained everything by laying the old man down and letting the new man the new man raise up. Jump down to verse 14. This is what we should be doing daily. Okay? It says, I press towards the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Jesus Christ. <clears throat> what does he mean here by pressing forward? And everybody's going to have a different example, so don't everybody speak at once. Like, try to get to. Okay, that's an example. Continue to walk with him. That's an example. Guess what's your example? To, sorry. No, go ahead. Continue to go in God's way to get to where he wants you. There you go. When you announced your calling to preach Friday night, did you not press forward? Yeah. <coughs> you had to press forward. When I announced my calling to preach, I had to press forward. And I was on fire for a while. But then I let self get in the way. What started happening when I started letting self get in the way? Fire started going out. 
And I told y'all when the youth come back from a rise, I said, man, I want some of that. And it, it didn't dawn on me who was keeping me from it. It did not dawn on me until my wife looked at me one day and she said, you, you want to know who's keeping you from having the fire? And I was curious. I said, yeah, who? <laughs> or what? And she looked at me and she said, I'm telling you this because I love you. And she said, you are keeping you from the fire. It's nobody else. Yeah. I was like, man, I thought she loved me. Boy, that hurt. <laughs> man, that hurt. I was like, Lord. Of course. Then I got upset and I was like, but she talked to me like that. But it was the truth. It was, it was, it was the truth. Because it was me that was keeping from getting what Caleb had, what Lexi had, what Rain had, what all the youth had when they come back from a rise. I said, I want some of that. I'm jealous of it. But I didn't have it. And I didn't know why. Until she was bold enough, <coughs> basically look at him and say, hey, dummy, it's you standing in the way of it. And then I get in here and get to study, and I'm like, that girl, she ain't right. Again, if she ain't right, again. That's why I got, give me her. She's my backbone. Duh! <laughs> like a smack in the forehead. Like, hey, dummy, open your eyes. Come on. It's only because God had already showed me the same thing about myself, though. Yeah. But I just listened better than you did. I'm very hard of listening. She says I got selective hearing. It ain't selective hearing. I hear it, but it, it, it I don't know, don't register. No, that's selective hearing. And I have the same problem with God. Okay, Caleb. I'm picking on you, I'm not. How many months was God whispering in your ear? Hey, son, come serve me 100%. Take a, take a step out. Get out of your comfort zone. Yeah. But you wasn't listening, right? Yeah. He knows where I'm coming from on this. But God kept dealing with you, kept dealing with you, kept dealing with you. I know what you was feeling. I've done been there. But it's even worse when you've been there and you've accepted your calling to preach and then you decide, I'm done. I'm going to sit here. I'm going to cross my legs and I'm going to let somebody else do it. It's different. So my advice to you, Caleb, is don't ever stop. Keep pressing forward. Full force. 100%. Not 99.999999. Because there's always that 1%. It's going to whisper in your ear and say, you can't do that, Caleb. You can't do it. Victor? You can't do that. What's God tell you? Okay. Huh. The whole time I was dealing with this, I had God over here telling me, hey, hey, open your eyes. 
So when I wouldn't listen, he said, okay, I'll send it to somebody you will listen to. And he's had to do that multiple times in my life. It's like when he was on me to preach. Lord have mercy, I run, I run, I run. I said, I can't preach your word. I can't do it. I'm not that smart. My youngin laying in the hospital fighting for her life. I said, okay. I'm done. Whatever you want, Lord, I will do it. I still didn't fully accept it. Till Marty one morning wanted me to teach in the sanctuary Sunday school. Studied all week. Yeah, God, he's good to go. I get up behind the pulpit and I open my Bible. I had two white pages. Solid white. There was no black on it whatsoever. And I stood there a minute. And I scratched my head. And me and the Lord was having a conversation. And I said, Lord, I can't teach. I need nothing here. And he kept saying, son, you know what you've got to do. You're not speaking. You're not teaching another word till you do what you're going to do. I'm going to make, I'm going to make you stand here. And I started sweating. And I said, Lord, what do you want? He said, you know what I want. I said, okay, Lord. I took that step. Caleb, I took that step. And when I took that first step, the second one followed. Then the third one followed. And I announced my calling to preach. When I come back to the pulpit, my message was right there. Okay? If he's calling you to do something, don't fight it. It might be saying. It might be getting out here and witnessing to somebody. It might be preaching. It might be teaching. We all have a calling. Papa's hit on it. Billy's hit on it. Marty's hit on it. We all have a calling. Billy, yours could be just letting your light shine on an emergency scene. Okay? You could be somebody's angel standing there. You was mine that day. Because you love me. Because mm -hmm. I was too hard-headed. I was too much worried about this one and this one and that one and that one. Mm -hmm. Yep, you was. You was my angel that day. You was the one that said, hey, you got two options. Because I wasn't listening again. Let's read 14 again. I press towards the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. If we press forward in everything God wants us to do, and Jess, I'll ask you this question. If we press forward with what God wants us to do, is our life not so much easier? Absolutely. A whole lot easier, right? Because mm -hmm. if we don't, the next thing you know, we're down here in a valley. And we want to ask God, God, why you got me here? Who put, who put you there to start with? 
God didn't put you there. God's still standing up here waiting on you to say, hey, help me back out of here because I'm the, I'm the hard-headed one that put myself down here to start with. Okay? Press forward. Quit knocking yourself out of blessings that God's got in store for you. Alright, chapter 4. A little footnote here on top of chapter 4. It says, The God of peace. Victor, did you have peace in your life? <laughs> and every day you get more and more peace, right? Why is that? Because you're walking with Him. You're putting Him first, right? Okay, that's what Paul's fixing to tell us what we need to do. Okay? Uh, jump down to verse 6. Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made and known unto who? God. God. Goes back to what I was talking about earlier. Be careful for nothing. If you're walking with God, should if you're walking with God, should you be worrying about anything? Should we be concerned? Sure. It's okay to be concerned. But should we really worry? Should we worry about what we're going to do in the morning? Should we worry what we're going to do tomorrow night? Should we worry about how we're going to pay a bill? Should we worry about what we're going, our next meal is going to be? I don't. I ain't worried in a long time about what my next meal is going to be or how I'm going to make a house payment or how I'm going to pay the power bill. Because a lot of this gray hair comes from worrying. God showed me a long time ago. Why worry about it? If you're living for me and you're walking with me the best you can, I'm going to take care of you anyway. <clears throat> right? Jen says he not took care of you. Mm -hmm. Through thick or thin, he's took care of you. Absolutely. Willie, has he not took care of you? Sure have. Has your life been perfect? But who's been right there with you 100% of the time? No matter what you're going through, no matter, what your, no matter what your finances look like, no matter what you've got going on in your life, he's always been. right there. Right? When we first bought the house, I was scared to death. First house I ever bought. I was scared to death. The whole time, we were signing all these paperwork, and then it hit me when we started moving in. Oh, crap. This time next month, I gotta make a house payment. 
Then I really started worrying. I was like, I don't know about all this. You know? I was like, man. I don't know about all this. All month. That's all I could think about. Human nature, I guess. Because I'm a man of the house. I'm supposed to provide for my family. The whole time I'm sitting here thinking, if I don't make that house payment, my family's going to be on the streets. Went on about like after three, three, four months. Finally, God spoke to me one day. And he's like, hey. Did I not give you that house? Hmm. And then I got to thinking, well, what I was making at the time, he was the only one to give me that house. It wasn't our realtor. It wasn't the bank. He pretty much laid that house in our lap and said, here. Here I am worrying about how I'm going to make the house payment. And I've been making it every month, every month, without a problem. And was worrying about it until he finally spoke to me and said, Hey, I give you this house. Do you think I give you something and take it right back away from you? Then I got to thinking about this. He gave us salvation, right? It was free, correct? It's the only thing really in this world that is free. Has he took your salvation? So why would he take something that he's blessed you with to start with? Don't think about it. He gave you salvation, didn't cost you nothing. The only thing that it costed you was laying down what you was doing before he gave you salvation. That's the only thing it costed you. And what'd you lose when you laid that down? Nothing. <laughs> I mean, really. A bunch of friends. Yeah, but was they true friends? Was they true friends? No. This is for her. When you finally laid what Actually, I just dropped a bunch of people. Sometimes you have to. Yeah, I just but really and truly, when you finally accepted his salvation, what did you lose? But you gained everything. Okay? So I look at it like this. It cost me nothing. It only bettered my life. He's never took that. So why would he take my home that he gave to us? And then it just started kind of dripping on down the line. Because then I went from worrying about the house payment to worrying about the power bill. From power bill to car insurance. From car insurance to, well, how am I going to put gas in two vehicles this week? So how am I going to put food on there? <coughs> and it just trickled on down the line till eventually I got to where, hmm, ain't nothing to worry about. Because God's done said he's going to take care of it. So read that verse again. Be careful for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication. 
with thanksgiving let your request be made and known unto God. <coughs> Just did you not thank him for your salvation when you got it? <laughs> and you've thanked him and you've thanked him and you've thanked him. I don't know how long you've been saved, but you've thanked him that long. And he just keeps blessing you. Yeah. Just keeps blessing you. Why is it? Because he loves us. He loves us that much. And that's just a small amount of love that he has for us. Okay. Verse 7. And the peace of God which passeth all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Do we understand? Do we truly understand some things that we have to go through? Do we understand why sometimes, and, and Billy hit the nail on the head over here when he said, you know, most of the time we'll blame the old devil for putting us down in that valley. It could have been God that put us there. Because mm -hmm. see how we're going to react for one. But then when we get back up on the old mountaintop and we're standing with Jesus and we look back, man, look where I just come through. We don't understand it. We don't understand it then. But somewhere down the road, we'll understand it. Do I understand why he called me to preach? I have no, I don't have a clue. I don't have a clue. Still don't have a clue. Maybe one day, I'll understand it. Caleb, do you understand why he called you to preach? I guess. I mean, I don't understand it. I don't know why he chose me. I don't know why he chose me. There may be that one person out there that only I can get to. Caleb, they may be at that one person that only you can get to. Just they may, you're part of my salvation because of you. I'm standing here today because I was I said under your teaching. I said under Marty's teaching, I said under Butch's teaching, Terry's teaching. They are part of my salvation. Because if it wasn't for you teaching me the word of God, I wouldn't be here. That's why. Okay? We may not understand. One day we will. When we're standing in front of God and he says, hey, this is why I've done this. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be like, oh, okay. Here's your blessings, Lord. Oh, thank you, Lord. Okay? Verse 8. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, and whatsoever things are honest, and whatsoever things are just, Whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, and whatsoever things are of good report. If there be any virtue, and if there be any praise, 
think on these things. Okay, let's break this down a little bit. Whatsoever things are true. It's the word, right? There's nothing in your life that you're going to go through that you can't go right here to God's word and he can't bring you through it. It's the truth. Right? Okay. Now, move on to what sort of things are honest. Victor, I'll pick on you a little bit. You had to be honest with yourself the day he come into your life in order to let him in. Right? Yes. So you was honest with yourself. Be honest with ourselves. Like me. When I wanted the fire that all of them had, I was looking around at everything that was going on, but in all honesty, it was me. I wasn't honest with myself. I had put myself in the battle. And I was blaming everything around me except for me. But when I was finally honest, and I said, wow, okay, <laughs> I'm the duh. It opened my eyes again. Okay? Whatever things are just, Somebody do me a favor in here. Somebody got a phone out that's close by. Look up the definition for just. And read it to me. Based on a behaving according to what is morally right and fair. Is God not fair? Willie, has God not been fired in your life? Sure has. Is anybody in here that can tell me God's not been fired in their life? If there is, we're going to make an altar to somewhere. Okay? So, what sort of things are fair or just? However you want to look at it. What sort of things are pure? What's pure? What's pure? When you just when you go to the grocery store and you buy orange juice, is that pure orange juice? It says it is, but but is it truly? No. no. What's the only? What's the only pure thing that you can get on this earth? Salvation. Salvation. His blood is the only pure thing that you can get. All this stuff out here in this world is fake. Fake. Go to the grocery store, 100% apple juice. That's a lie. 100% orange juice. That's a lie. 100% Jesus Christ. That's pure. That's the only thing in this world that you're going to get 100%. And it's up to us 
to keep it at 100%. Up to us. Kimberly, it's up to you. Jess, it's up to you. Victor, it's up to you. You say, how do you look? How do you go from 100% down to 50? Walk by it every now and again. Man, that thing's got some dust on it. Let's pop that dust off. Two weeks' time, next thing you know, you're at 75%. Go a month, thing's got dust on it again. I'll wipe that off. Next thing you know, 50%. Why is that? Because you're not in here, you're not studying. You're not surrounding yourself with like-minded people. You're not getting into God's Word. You're not getting the spiritual food that you need. Okay? Jump down to verse 13. Verse 13 says, I can do all things through Christ which strengthens who? Me. Me. Victor, put your name where me is. Jess, put your name where me is. Rain, put your name where me is. Willie, put your name where me is. Now, according to that verse right there, is there anything in this world that we're going to face that we cannot get through as long as we have Jesus on our side? Okay, here's the next question that God asked me when I read that. And this is funny because we got a sign over our front door and that's what you see. It's what I see every morning when I go to work. And it's that scripture. Now, I didn't realize it until I got in here and got to studying because every morning I look up at that scripture before I go to work. And some days when I go to work, I'm in some pretty rough attics, crawl spaces, easy jobs or basements. I love basements. You don't have no spiders, you don't have no snakes, you don't have all these pretty crawly things crawling around on you. But some, some days when I go to work, you ask my wife, I'm in some rough houses, especially if they're crawl spaces and I have to get skinned. Y'all see, I don't get skinned very often. But I read them words before I go to work every morning. <clears throat> Would I be able to get in and out of them crawl spaces or in and out of them attics if I didn't have Christ with me? Would I be able to do anything in this world if I didn't carry Christ with me? No, I could but I'd make a mess of it. We want to we want to bury ourselves in self-pity. Why? What's that verse say? Read it for me, Jess. I'll put Jess on the spot. I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. Why do we bury ourselves in self-pity? 
Is it not simple? Mm -hmm. We want the approval of people down here to tell for them to tell us. Yeah, it's okay. You can do that. Yeah. But we're never waiting. listening to him. We're waiting for somebody to say, that's a good idea. Or, that was a good job. Mm -hmm. Are we not? Yeah. When who in the world should we be waiting for the approval from? God himself, right? Don't worry about what everybody else thinks. He's the one to give it to you anyway. Right? He's the one back over here in chapter chapter 1. You go back to verse 6. Get my Bible to operate. Verse 6 says, Being confident of this very thing, that he which hath begun good work. Then you go back over and you read verse 13. I can do all things through Christ which strengthened me. He started the good work. He's put you there. Why not finish it? Finish strong. Keep pressing forward. Don't lay down. Skip on down to verse 19. But my God shall supply all your need according to his riches in, in glory by Christ Jesus. Now let's go quick. Is anybody in here not eight today? Hmm, I didn't see no hands go up. Has anybody in here went thirsty today? Hmm. Has anybody in here not got a warm place to lay their head down tonight? Has anybody had problems breathing in here tonight? Man, no his hands went up. What are all them things? Are they not a need? We gotta have air to breathe, right? We gotta have food in our belly to survive. We gotta have liquid, not with our step, we dehydrate. Okay? They're in need. Did he not supply them? Why did he supply? Because it says, but my God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. After the time, he supplies my wants. When I'm living for him and not living for me, mm -hmm. he'll give me everything I want. 
and everything I need. But when I'm living for Scotty, then he only supplies my absolute need. Okay? Think about it. When you're living for God, he not only supplies your every need, but nine times out of ten, he will supply your wants also. That's another blessing. Verse 20. Now unto God and our Father be glory forever and ever. Amen. Who do we give thanks to? Jesse, do I thank you? No. Mm. You thank God. Thank God. We're sitting in a warm, cool, dry place. We've come together as one of mine and one accord. We're like-minded people. We're growing in the Lord. Who do we give thanks to? If one of y'all tonight comes up to me and thanks me tonight, I'm going to say, don't thank me. Thank God. Because I didn't have nothing to do with it. If it was up to me tonight, I'd have been sitting right there in that chair. Because I thought about it. <laughs> I've battled this all week, and that's why I kept coming to you and telling you you was going to teach tonight. <laughs> This message was not meant for Monday night. That's why the Lord didn't allow me to speak Monday night. I left Monday night. I, I put a third of joke out to rain when I left Monday night. I said, man, I preached so hard I gave myself a headache. <laughs> and I wore slap out. And she just looked at me kind of funny. She said, Daddy, you're, you're just, you're dumb. I said, yeah, but it was funny. <laughs> But if I hadn't obeyed God Monday night, after everything that was said Monday night, and got up and taught on this, it wouldn't have been God's will. I obeyed God Monday night. Papa even looked at me funny because I went to him Sunday after baptism. I said, Papa, I have to stand Monday. And you know what he said? He said, it's about time. <laughs> I was waiting on him to come to me. Another one of my, I put me in the way. He said, it's about time that you're coming to me saying you're ready to stand. But then Monday night I didn't get to stand. And I kind of scratched my head afterwards a little bit. I thought, Lord, I, I listened to you. Why didn't you allow me to stand? I know why now. Because this was needed tonight. Maybe not for y'all, but for me. Okay? But just remember, this is a letter that Paul wrote while he was in prison. Why was he put in prison? Because he was living for God. And they put him in prison. And it's just a reminder of how we need to live. may not be how we want to live, but if you give your, your, your life to God, then it should be how you want to be. 
Okay. Is it easy all the time? Jesse, is it easy all the time? Mm. No. Mm. But the outcome is a whole lot better than what it could have been. Yep. Okay. That's all I got. So if somebody's got something else. Well, I was just going to say you was talking a while ago about uh, not knowing why God called you and so on and so forth. And it reminded me, that's what I was doing when you called on me to read and I was over somewhere else is because I heard a guy preaching today and he he read this verse and he used it in a totally different context. But when he read it, God brought it to my attention. And it's in Revelation chapter 1 and verse 9. I'll give you a minute to get there, Ben, you turning. But it said, I, John, who also am your brother and companion in tribulation and in the kingdom and patience of Jesus Christ, was in the isle that is called Patmos for the word of God and for the testimony of Jesus Christ. Now, we know that John was on the Isle of Patmos because it was a prisoner island. Mm-hmm. He was sent there as a prisoner. But when I read this, or when he read this today, God pointed out to me, I don't know of any other time that anybody has said, I was on Patmos for the word of God and the testimony of Jesus Christ. He knew why he was there. He knew what he was called to do. And most of the time we don't. We're like he he was like seeing it in real time, where most of the time, like you said, when God calls us to do something, we don't know why at the time. But later on, we may find out, or we may find out not until we get to heaven, you know. But that just kind of struck out to me, and you reminded me of it when you said that, and I was determined to find it. <laughs> I was, I knew what Caleb, I knew you was fighting it when you come to me and Papa that night and asked us how we knew. Caleb, I didn't know. I just had to keep seeking him and praying and when I thought I knew 100%, I doubted myself. I, I really did, I doubted myself. Because I looked at it like this, who am I to stand up behind his sacred desk mm-hmm. and preach his sacred word? Who am I? I'm a nobody. I'm a nobody saved by grace. And then he got to remind me, how can you be a nobody if you got Jesus in your life? And then he reminded me, look where I brought you from. You still think I can't do all things? You still think I can't use you as a mouthpiece? How could I argue with that? I was like, okay. And I still argued with him a little bit, but it, in, in, all in all, in the end, what good does it do to argue with God? You just didn't get his way one way or the other. Could you just get a big, big burp? What good does it do to argue with God? 
put you on your back to where you won't have a choice. He's going to put you back against the wall. I had to pick on him. No, it's not literally. It's like God gives you cake. It's like he offers you the cake. Mm -hmm. And you're like, oh, no, I'm on a diet. Sorry, I can't eat that. And then you finally fight back and forth with yourself. Yeah, I can eat that. No, I can't. It's a cheat day. Okay. Finally. Finally. (laughs) It's like the morning he 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 standing up behind the pulpit. I was excited. I was like, yes, I studied hard this week. I'm ready to go. And I get up there and I open the Bible up and I go, uh oh. And I actually flipped different pages. I was like, did something happen to my Bible? And every page I flipped to was solid white. There was nothing there. And I thought, uh oh. He's going to win. One way. Or the other. It's better off just to let him win. Whole lot easier to just let him win. My week at work this week, since I finally said figured out self was in the way, my week at work has been great. Sure, I was still in a tight crawl. Sure, I still had to go play in sewer pipes yesterday. But my week has been great. It's been peaceful. It's been joyful. It's been everything that he promised. Because I got self completely out of it. And it's simple. To me, it's simple. Victor, to you now, it's simple, right? Before, you was scratching your head. Like, hmm. They say that this is just so simple. How can that be? You know now. You let him win, then you win. You win. Because he gave his only son for us. Because he loved us that much. He let his only son suffer that much. So we wouldn't have to. But yet we choose to. I was just thinking, we want to make it like it's our idea, not his. Well, you know, <clears throat> I've been back and forth with this Bible study. I went to you about it, I went to Marty about it, I went to everybody about it. And it never would, <clears throat> it never would pan out to where we could have it. I, I was even going to have it with Brandon and Kelsey, wasn't I? Caleb, I invited you and Lexi, right? Yeah. It never worked out, did it? Why? No. I know why now. I know exactly why now. You're looking at it. You're looking at it. 
But once I finally said, okay, Lord, I'm, my eyes is wide open now. I'm pressing forward for you. I've got it in high gear. I'm wide open. All I can get. What happened? We're having Bible study tonight. Because I got me out of the way. It worked out. We can have Bible study. God provided tonight. Because I got me out of the way. Okay. That's it. No hush now. I think. <laughs> Lexi. Close some prayer. that we didn't do for you know everybody has one pray for marty and april and them because they're at the beach and pray that we get to learn some new songs in choir soon because we can't sing in the podcast with you because she went back in jesus name amen amen, amen. amen. Let's get